Welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as always, I'm joined by Sam and Carl. How you doing, boys? Oh, pretty low energy today. Yeah, that was a struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the reason for that will become clear as time goes on, I'm sure. How are you, Carl? I was feeling alright until I found out how pissed off you boys were at me for this one. It's the Rocketeer all over again. You're good about yourself, do you, mate? Oh, (laughs) Yeah, you know how to pick a stinker, but we'll see how this goes. (laughs) 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 And this one reeks. This week, Carl picked Aragon. 2006, famously bad movie, starring... We knew it was going to suck. Yeah. Ed Spielers, that's his name. Uh, Jeremy Irons and John Malkovich are really the only notable people in it. I thought there would be more to talk about than uh, just how bad this movie was. You see, I disagree. (laughs) I don't think this is a bad movie, because talking about bad movies is fun. This is just a very... It's a movie movie. I definitely watched it, and then it wasn't on anymore. It did happen. Oh, God. Yeah. That feeling did not come quick enough. It was on <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, I started this movie at one o'clock this afternoon, and at three o'clock I was 40 minutes in. I don't know how I did <laughs> don't know how. I, I, watched, I started it about the same time as you. I couldn't... Usually with the movies that we watch, I, if they're bad, I'll break them up into... Yeah two sections and you know get my energy back but for for this one i just wanted it to be over as soon as possible you marathoned it i was getting to the point where i was genuinely worried i wouldn't have it watched by the time we start recording and i've given myself seven hours (laughs) i need to watch it at 1.5 speed that's the secret well shall we uh as usual get started with the plot synop aragon a poor farm boy lives in Oh, God, I knew I was going to trip over this. Alagesia? Alagesia. Alagesia? Alagesia. Aragon, a poor farm boy, lives in (laughs) Alagesia, a kingdom ruled by Galbatorix, a powerful but evil monarch. This is my issue with this movie. It's just all bullshit like this. They don't spring off the page, do they? No. (laughs) One day, Aragon discovers a beautiful stone that he soon realises is a dragon's egg. When the creature hatches... Aragorn sets forth on a path that could restore the glory of his homeland's legendary dragon riders and perhaps Othafro, that guy's name I just said. (laughs) It's just all fantasy stuff. Wow. No, he whines for an hour and 40 minutes. Well, I don't think that that... You said that he, what was it, set out to overthrow the king or something. Yeah. Uh, One of my main issues with the film is that he doesn't seem to have any reason for doing anything. He's just sort of along for his own ride. Yeah, he gets there's no, the thing. There's no motivation for any of the plot. Well, the motivation is people keep telling him how great and important he is. And so he yeah. just carries on following people around until he accidentally ends up in a fight. We've all been there. Pretty much. <sighs> I hated how whiny he was. Every, oh, but I don't want to fly. Oh <laughs> God! I know he's supposed to be seventeen, but still, he's not five. I do wonder though, because last week you called this a cinematic spit in the face. Yeah. Because I think we all have fond fond memories of 
the book this comes from. But I don't know if this is actually much better than the book. And if we were just yeah, I th- 12 I mean, I think we'll get old. into I think we'll get into that a bit more, but I don't think all of the blame can be laid on the film for how bad the plot is. I have never read the book, so I have nothing to compare it to. If it is anything like this movie, I will never read them. Unless the characters and plot are radically different, those books will remain unread. I mean, I can, I can, you know, I can answer the question for you now. Don't read them. Okay, good. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I books <laughs> written by children, made for children. A child. Yeah. Made for other children. Well, yeah, he was the age of this character when he started writing the book, wasn't he? he I think was he was like 17. or It was about, he published it when he was under 20, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Before we start, because maybe you'll be able to clear this up for me, Sam. The king isn't in the first book, right? We don't have random appearances of John Malkovich playing John Malkovich. John Malkovich doesn't show up in the first book. The uh, <laughs> No, the... I mean, look, I, I read it at the same time you did, so it's been well over a decade. Uh, potentially... Actually, close to two, I think. Getting close to two decades since I read it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't remember it word for word, but I'm pretty sure... The king only gets kind of name dropped. Yeah, I feel like he's more book. of a mention throughout the first and maybe even second. The whole the pacing of the whole first book is a hell of a lot slower than this film, and that may shock you. <laughs> it's even slower. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at the end of the first book, all they've done is walk for a really long time. Whereas on the- this one, they ride on the back of horses for a really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many shots of just, oh, they're on horses again, are they? Where are we going now? <laughs> <laughs> well, should we get started then? Should we dive right in? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm happy to talk about how I am again if you want. <laughs> no? Well, I'll, I can kick this off. No, no, I can kick this off. The... I'm fine, okay. Go for it, mate. Should I let you do it, shouldn't I? Don't know why I fought you for that. <laughs> This is my episode. <laughs> so yeah, we oh, <laughs> we open up. We've got sweeping shots of Middle Earth and a voiceover <laughs> that's describing the land's history. So we've got a land that used to be watched over by dragon-riding Jedi, but then they were betrayed and overthrown by Emperor Palpatorix, <laughs> who now rules over everything and crushed the Varden, who are our freedom-fighting rebels. Yeah, so I want to. The first thing I want to bring into question is that the way that this is presented to us is that in the utopian past, the land was ruled over by a load of men on dragons who wielded supreme power over the like peasants below. So far, this sounds pretty fucking awful. <laughs> the cha- the regime change that's described is that one of the pricks kills the other pricks and then takes over all their land. And everyone's like, oh, isn't this awful? I preferred it when John was the guy on the back of the dragon burning our village. (laughs) (laughs) It's all shit. I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem that great. No, for for the everyday man in in Middle Earth, nothing changed. There's just less dragons flying about, which is probably nicer. I mean, presumably less skirmishes and fights going on between all the different dickheads on dragons. I mean, the, the only reason that we uh, accept 
that Galbatorix is evil is that they say he's evil. And also he sits in a really dark room. Yeah, John Markovich plays him very evil. Everyone in He does play him evil, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't actually do anything. No, no, no. And I was gonna mention this later. I don't know why other people are afraid of him. He's just a dude. I know he's got some of that magic stuff, but his lieutenant, um Durza? Durza, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. He's like an immortal sorcerer. Why is he taking orders from this bald bloke? Because he's John Malkovich. Well yeah. Yeah. But I mean this probably isn't the week to go into it, but I found the choice of words in this voiceover just stood out to me where he says that they were there to protect and serve when he was speaking yeah, about the Dragon Riders. I caught that. Oh. <laughs> that changes with context. It? <laughs> it really does. And that's yeah. all I have to say about that. <laughs> and I've tried to stop myself saying so, but apparently I don't know how to start a sentence without saying so. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> hang on. I'll get on Chat GPT and get uh, synonyms. You don't need Chat GPT. <laughs> you don't need the world's most advanced AI to Google synonyms. <laughs> so, I was going to say fast forward, but now we're on the ground. Arya and some members of the Varden they have stolen a stone from the king, and he wants it back. We know this because he says, I suffer without my stone. I want it back. Do not prolong my suffering. <laughs> he calls it a stone. He does. Weird. Yeah, we're not supposed to know it's an egg yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? The egg looking While stone. While the cameras are there, he calls <laughs> well, it a stone. You say egg looking. It looks like a big Viagra pill. It looks nothing like a fucking <laughs> egg. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> so yeah, she's being pursued by Durza. And her Varden companions are killed. She's got nowhere to run. And he tells her if she returns the stone, that he'll let her live. But uh, the Sith cannot be trusted. So she mm. magics said stone away. And many, many miles away, Aragorn, a young farm boy, is out hunting. And the stone appears before him. The stone... He, so he had an arrow kind of notched, ready to fire at a deer. Yes. And then the stone... Uh, you know, pops in to place in front of him as he fires the arrow and hits a tree. Mm -hmm. So did she send a tree as well? Because <laughs> he was aiming at the deer. <laughs> Maybe he's just a really bad shot. I don't know. Maybe she swapped the stone with a deer. Well, yeah, the, ma the magic in this um, world, we're always told, is that everything has to have an equal and opposite. So you have to use it the same amount of energy to do a certain thing. So maybe, yeah, there had to be a swap. So yeah. she gave away the stone and in her hand appeared a full-size male deer. I don't know. <laughs> full-size deer. <laughs> but yeah, he takes the stone, I guess, as a consolation prize. And... Oh, um, so another thing that I wanted to mention about that. She teleports it directly in front of him. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was like, okay, so she... That was done with intention, I'm guessing. She sent it to this kid who she knows is, spoiler alert, I think he's like, he's important. Right? <laughs> he is the the destined... His name is one letter removed from dragon. He's got <laughs> really close to dragon. So, oh my she God. had a feeling. <laughs> and I think, he tend, he, I think in the books he ended up maybe being the son of the king or something. We, I, 
you know. I think he was Jeremy Irons' son, but it's been so long. He's someone's son. We're all someone's son. Well, not us three, but everyone else is someone's son. (laughs) (laughs) Most people have dads, and he has one. I assumed that she sent it to him with intention, but then they talk about it later on, and she doesn't seem to have any idea. She doesn't really know who he is. She doesn't know anything about him. So I'm like, so just randomly yeeted it off in a direction. (laughs) And it happened to land in front of the son of the evil king who is destined to... I don't know, man. That's a bit convenient. (laughs) Um, I assumed it was like sent to him on purpose. Yeah, like it was the egg knew that he was the rider. But it's been a long time. But yeah, I don't think it was intentional. I think it was a fate willed it sort of scenario. Right. Let's not dig too much into this plot. Yeah, any other movie I'd be bothered by the contrivance, but the rest of this movie is about to happen, so I don't care too much. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, he's taken his stone as a consolation prize, and he's gone back to his village, which I didn't bother to learn the name of. No. And he's looking to trade it. So The Shire. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but there, this stone is huge sapphire blue thing, and it's like nothing anyone's ever seen before. And he goes to the butchers to try and trade it for a rump steak, as far as I can tell. Yeah. One. He wants to swap it for one bit of meat. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're a fucking hunter. There was a deer right there. He was supposed to bring back a deer for his uncle and cousin, and instead is bringing back one piece of steak. <laughs> yeah. How did you want to come back with one piece of steak? Well, no, no, I found an enormous sapphire, <laughs> and I traded it for this steak. <laughs> Now, this kid will be sticking an arrow in the stake and telling them they hunted it. He's all talk. <laughs> the butcher seems semi-interested until Aragorn tells him that he found this stone in the spine. We never hear of what that is again. No. But the butcher no. now wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah, so he acts really, like, put out by that the spine being mentioned, and he's supposed to assume it's some, like, dark forest he's supposed to stay away from, but... Never never mentioned, not important. Doesn't come back. The rest of the movie takes place in forests, but not that one. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, so we get our first introduction to Brom, and then Aragorn heads home. Aragorn lives on a farm. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Yep, Aragorn. I don't know why I started it like that. (laughs) Try not to say so. (laughs) (laughs) This... This shows this shows how um, how lacking I was for notes, but my mind was kind of drifting as I was as I was watching this. I feel like this is a cliche of fantasy stuff that farm boy air quotes is always you know it's sort of synonymous with kind of poverty and low class. Have you met any fucking farm boys? They're posh as shit. Yeah, <laughs> rich as fuck. They're the poshest motherfuckers around. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Aragorn lives on a farm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> energy straight, went straight down there, didn't it? He lives on a farm with his uncle and cousin, written as Roragon. Right. His cousin who he has a special relationship with. Oh, it's yeah. very sexual, isn't it? Based on based on how kind of sexually charged this little tussle is. Yeah, the, the little topless wrestle. He ends up with his head right in his gooch. <laughs> We've seen a very important relationship develop. They're play fighting with their 
wooden sticks and wrestling. <laughs> and you can see how close they are and how important they are to each other. They and can... then Ragon says, well, I'm 18 now, so I have to leave. And then he's just gone. <laughs> i got to leave before it, the guards yeah. catch me for what I've been doing with you. <laughs> this isn't legal. This is not legal anymore. I'm 18. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, we don't actually know what his brother leaves to do, by the way. No. He just kind of says, I'm leaving. Cousin, not brother. It'd be weird if it was brother. It, it was weird still weird, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says he's old enough to enlist, but that, he doesn't say that's what he's doing. No. Maybe that's want why to he's going away. Right. He leaves okay. because he doesn't want to. Enlist. Yeah, everyone who reaches those, yeah. whatever age he is, I think he's 18, is pretty much forced to enlist in the military. So he's going. So we get one scene where we learn he's very important to Aragorn, and then he's just like, oh, so I'll be going now. Will he pop we, up we in later assume... scenes? Will he fuck? I don't think so. Will he pop up in the sequel? <laughs> plenty of... Plenty of... <laughs> plenty of willies popped up. <laughs> very good. So yeah, I've just, I've just written here, Roran is gone. But the impression he made on us as viewers will remain. It has been emotional. <laughs> Absolutely point. I swear he was more important in the book. He's also not in any way distinguishable from Aragon. They are just copy-paste versions of each other. <laughs> I- I'm glad he left because I'd have been confused the entire movie which one was which. In the two minutes he was there, I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, Aragon's leaving now? Oh, no, it's the other one. Roran. Roragon. Roragon. <laughs> I'd never realised Aragon is just one letter removed from dragon, and that's all I can think about yeah. now. It's the next letter in the alphabet. <laughs> it was, by the way, it was 100% a typo that the author made when he was typing the, Ooh, that's the, good. the title. <laughs> You've just got to call the book Dragon. <laughs> well... Is that really that surprising when you consider the story? No. Oh. He fucked up on the first letter. (laughs) So good. So Aragon is now alone and lonely. Uh, He's in his barn with his big blue stone and it starts to like shake and crack and out of it explodes a little blue dragon. I don't know about you boys, but I still wasn't sure what was going on here. But luckily, Aragon says, not a stone, an egg. <laughs> so that, that, that cleared everything up for me. <laughs> to be fair, everybody's no been left behind. Call, calling it a stone, even the guy who it belonged to, who knows it's an egg. So I'm glad it explained it to us. Uh, and I want Imagine to... how much he wants it back now. <laughs> so you mean that wasn't a fucking stone? I suffer without my egg. <laughs> what do you boys think of the dragon design i know we haven't got it grown up yet uh and i know you think i'm gonna lean into this chat gpt stuff i hate it it looks like a moomin do you know what that is oh, it does yeah. <laughs> i mean i like really until you pointed that out <laughs> okay it is a little moomin-esque but i mean i still yeah. don't mind it it's it's fine the cgi is good enough yeah, I thought throughout, I was but um, impressed I wasn't a fan a, of the design. A little blue dragon. It was. It looked like a little blue dragon. <laughs> it didn't bring me out of the movie. That was already out. So Aragon reaches down to touch the little baby dragon and move in. 
<laughs> the little baby Moomin. And there's a flash of blue light, and he has, then has a little poo emoji scar that appears on his hand. So now he's a dragon rider. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if this is something that actually happens or if it's, yeah. It seems like everyone is then informed that he exists now as they all wake up at the same time. Oh, you're in her cell. Brom in his fucking hovel and Galbatorix still just sat on his throne by the look of it, just leaning his head on the... I guess he sleeps there too. I feel like John Malkovich was like, fine, I'll do the movie, but I'll do it all in this one room. Let's get it out of the way and I'm off. Oh, he did a day's worth of work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He recorded all of his lines in a straight 10 minutes, guaranteed. Okay, but I'm playing myself. I'm doing it in a day, but I want the full rate still. <laughs> and I want to call it a stone. I'm not calling it an egg. <laughs> no, 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 no. I won't say egg. <laughs> <laughs> Was that specifically for this movie, or is that in all his movie contracts? <laughs> I will not Find say egg. Proof. Find me a video of him saying egg. <laughs> oh, he's got to have said it in Of Mice and Men. Is he in Of Mice and Men? He's the one who gets shot, isn't he? He's Lenny. Yeah. Oh, he's sh- not. What? I mean, I haven't seen the film, but I it, think he I doesn't seem like good, the right no, casting. He is not the, oh, Lenny. he doesn't sound like the right casting for Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about King Palpatorix? The... <laughs> Better, at least it's a bit arch. This is the scariest yeah, man in the whole of Middle Earth. <laughs> Played by John Malkovich in a dress that's a bit too big for him. Sat on his cardboard throne. I'm really trying to think of other roles that he's had. The only one that I can think of is Johnny English. Yeah, that's really the only one I'm aware of. He's in that Space Force thing with uh, Steve Carell. Does he mention eggs? He doesn't, no. Oh. It's coming together, boys. <laughs> So, so oh, I said so. <laughs> Fuck. Galbatorix sends Durza to kill. <sighs> fucking awful hell. name, Durza. All the num- all the names just stop you dead. They're all so yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Durza. <laughs> Dudley Durza. <laughs> oh. Galbatorix sends Durza to kill Aragorn before he can make it to the Varden. And possibly inspire a new rebellion, apparently, because he is that impressive, he's been told. He's yeah. Just after he wakes up from getting his uh getting his brand on his hand, he tries to feed the dragon some milk. Yeah. And I'm only going back to this because the way that he tries to do this is he empties a bucket of milk into a bag and then slowly drips it onto the <laughs> dragon's head. <laughs> Boy, what the fuck are you doing? Is that what is that? I guess it was to drip feed it, but I, I understand that the dragon could have licked out of the bucket. Also, That's he knows what dragons are, right? It's not like he, this is the first time he's heard of dragons. They aren't legends in this world. He knows they eat meat, surely. He said, I mean, doesn't he say something like he, he thinks it's a bird or some shit? <laughs> In a world where dragons actually exist, it's baffling that people wouldn't know what dragons look like. Moomins. Moomins. Shit, it's not a moomin? So where are we now? They, You know, who knows, Evan? We never know. 
I've just realised that I start so many sentences with back at because we just bounce around so much. Back at this place, back at that place. So back at the village, Aragorn, Brom, a bunch of villagers we never really learn about, all hanging out at night in centre of the village. And Brom is for some reason repeating his monologue from the opening of the movie, which is just pissing off the army guys that are hanging around and inspiring Aragorn who now knows that his dragon is a dragon and not a bird or a moomin. <laughs> and so he's now gone and he's going to teach his dragon to fly. That's what he's doing. He's back home. He's trying to teach it to fly. He's going to be a dragon rider. Uh, sorry, I'm just... This has just <laughs> occurred to me. Uh, Brom does his monologue about dragon riders and shit. Yeah. We've seen Galvatorix. We know that he's not that old. He's like 40s, maybe early 50s at a stretch. It can't have been that long ago that all of this shit went down. No. Yeah, that's why... Is everyone... Like, when he's doing his monologue about uh, there used to be dragon riders yeah. who roamed this land, is everyone like, dude, it just happened. <laughs> why are you... Why are you telling us? We know. Where was I? He's teaching yeah, the dragon to fly, so it flies off. All right, we're, we're teaching the he dragon to fly. Throws it. And yeah. I hate this bit. I guess now we're going to get our training montage as they, she learns to fly and they grow together and their relationship strengthens, or she'll fly up in the air once and age by a couple of years, and now she's an adult and just lands and speaks, I'm going to say speaks in the voice of Rachel Vice. speaks in the voice of Rachel Vice doing a Irish accent occasionally sometimes. And then at the time, she's talking like herself. And for some reason, roaring like a Star Wars TIE fighter. This was the moment where, as a child, when I went to see the film, this was the moment when I realised it was irredeemably shit. When she flies up, ages 20 years, flies back down. And they're just like, yeah, that's done now, by the way. This is it now. There's no growth and learning in this movie. It's just... Oh, no. Um, this needs Aragorn to happen, is... so now it's happened. Yeah. yeah. Aragorn is the same at the start as he is at the end. He learns nothing throughout. But well, while we're on this, I despise that the dragon has a woman's voice. Not that it's a woman, that it has a voice at all, and it speaks to him. It's so weird. That, is, that does happen in the book, though. They speak through their minds, so I guess they couldn't really avoid that. But... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it was a... Uh, that wasn't my issue with it. It was more just, as I was saying, there's no growth or learning or them bonding. That this story is meant to take place over months, or at least this part of the story. Yeah. And they're just, it, it's all just two days. He's got a dragon, <laughs> he's got a dragon, and now it's a grown up dragon who is just aware of everything that's happened in the history of dragons. Yes. Whereas in, in yeah, the book. Fully formed, just. Yeah. In the book, she's a knobhead teenager like he is. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the whole, if we're going to give credit to the book, yeah, it's kind of, they're both aging together and developing mm. together. And they kind of, they feed back across each other and they've got a strained relationship yeah. because they're immature. But none of that happens here. You can't it's do... the weird... You can't do a coming, Sorry, coming of age story in... Two days. Yeah, no. 
in just a flash of light. And then, yeah, she's old now. And yeah, like you said, she's the dragons in, in this universe. The premise is that the dragons are supremely kind of powerful, intelligent. Uh, I mean, they can fly. They're strong. They're they've got they're magical. And oh, also by the way, they are completely at the beck and call of a random human that they're assigned to. They are a slave to them, and there's yep. nothing they can do about it. And if he dies, you die. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. But if if she dies, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Aragon now goes to Brom's house. He wants to know more about the Dragon Riders, but Brom pretty much just tells him to fuck off. But we see that Brom's in possession of a history book about the Dragon Riders, and he's got a glowing red lightsaber thing. History book um, that was written three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Still on the bestseller list in this Middle Earth land. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's got Just he's got his fancy book. He's got his fancy lightsaber. So there's probably more to this character who did the opening voiceover than we first thought. <laughs> this or, very well-spoken random villager. Yeah, he's he does the voiceover, and then the next time we see him, he seems to be a bit of a drunk on the street, but he did the voiceover. We know he matters. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Okay, so while all this is happening, Durza has raised... Uh, The black wraith-like creatures to go to the home of Aragorn and kill him. They're very cool. A lot like a better movie we've seen. Uh, Yes, they're cool because they're basically ring wraiths. Yeah, Uh, I remember Durza being cooler. He is not very entertaining in this movie. Not that a lot is, but I saw very one-dimensional. But they're they're sick, and they they go now and hunt down the uh, the hunter for Aragorn. And I do like the scene with the butcher where um, yeah. he hides underneath the table and it jumps up. Very cool, but also just exactly the same as the scene in the Fellowship where they hide underneath the tree branch. Yeah, everything's a little bit like a couple of <laughs> movies we've seen before. It's almost like this the story the was written point, by a 14-year-old boy who liked Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, pretty much. This is the point where, uh, at least in the movie, essentially from now on it's... Fellowship of the Ring with a kind of sprinkling of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's all that is coming now. And after the, um, Aragorn, Aragorn, Aragorn is heading home from Broms. <laughs> Aragorn. <laughs> when he hears those wraith creatures, they're torturing the butcher for information, and the butcher just gives up Aragorn straight away. Sick. So, he's heading home because that's where the ring wraiths have set off to. And Sephira? Sephira comes down, picks him up, flies away with him. In order to dissuade him from going back, she knows the wraiths will kill him. So he finally gets back, but too late. Uncle Owen is dead. Yep. <laughs> Stormtroopers have already left. He can't avenge him. And yeah. he's now mad at Sephira, sends her away. And then Brom shows up for some reason. We don't know yeah, why he shows up for because no reason because he doesn't know he's, he's a dragon rider. To find yet. out that he's a dragon rider in this yeah. very scene, so why were you oh, here? Well, that's then? why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to find someone else to tell that there used to be dragon riders, you know. 
He <laughs> wanted to do his bloody monologue again. <laughs> I'm practising this. <laughs> Come out here, we'll look at the landscape and I'll just monologue in your ear. <laughs> so, I actually write these down, that's the worst bit. I write so. So. <laughs> so. So. His, uncle de- his uncle's dead. He's now wanted by the Empire. And so they flee. Yeah. He flees with a local hermit. They head into the woods. They set up camp, and then we just get a big exposition drop by Brom, Jeremy Irons' character. Is all he's been doing the whole time, <laughs> just to make sure everyone watching is caught back up because a lot of shit has happened. So he makes sure that we know that Durza is a shade, who's a sorcerer possessed by demonic spirits. The wraiths are called the Razak. They have to join the Varden in the mountains, who are the rebels, and Obi Wan Kenobi is their only hope. <laughs> so it is I mean it's just lifted straight <laughs> all of the scenes with the enemies are just lifted out of Lord of the Rings yeah mad. yeah so they bring back Sephira and then Brom gives us a bit more exposition did you know they used to be dragons and dragon riders <laughs> <laughs> well he hasn't done it for 10 minutes he needs they to do his to protect and again. serve you know Back in my day, it was far better. (laughs) Three years ago. And so because they've successfully evaded the Razak, Durza now senses definitely not a Rakai Urgles down to hunt Aragorn, Brom, and Sephira. And more riding on horses. More riding on horses. There's a scene where we see a caravan of people being murdered by Durza's Urgles. (laughs) <laughs> you can't you can't say Durza's like that <laughs> they're being murdered by the Urukai and Aragorn wants to fight them and then Brom is mocking him and his fighting skills saying oh, I don't think mate. you're as you're all there but there's people being slaughtered 15 metres away yeah, while all Brom this is happening side quest when he sees it <laughs> those people aren't going to listen to my story <laughs> but I love, he's like oh if you want to go and help them well why don't you show me how good you are at fighting and they pisses off to have a little fight yeah and then yeah we just cut to a Tekken scene where they're stood in a dry riverbed and they do just have a fight he doesn't teach him anything he just slaps him with yeah. a stick a few times and then this that by the way if we can if we can generously call it a training scene that is the first and last bit of training that Aragon gets. Yeah. From being once again, child on farm to <laughs> leading Once an again, army. in the book at least, I'm pretty certain there is a bit of sword fighting training goes on in the book, not just, well, you better get good if you don't want to get hit by a stick. Anyway, should we go fight the king? He's just, <laughs> just like, mate, you are shit. Have I ever told you about the dragon? <laughs> and... They do a bit of camping, and they're heading for the swamp people of Swamp Town. I don't know if this place is ever met, ever given a name. Strange people who live on the river. Brom sends Aragorn to go get bread, so Aragorn goes to a fortune teller, as you do. Yeah, I like this bit because the whole point of this is to keep low, to not be found, so nobody can know about them. And the first thing Aragorn does when he goes off his own on his own is allow a fortune teller. Who tells him immediately, as soon as I do this, I will know everything about you. And he's just like, yeah, sure, sign me up. 
and then she yeah. knows everything <laughs> about him. So she tells him that there is a woman and a death in his future. She is worse than fortune tellers in our world. <laughs> <laughs> but well done. Cheers. It's yeah. gonna be a I'm gonna meet a woman at some point in my life, am I? <laughs> but she's gone now and never comes back, so Yeah. Aragon gets his fortune. He gets no bread. So she probably should have told him that hunger was in his future. <laughs> uh by the way, in the meantime, mildly important, when they're sat around uh, a campfire, Brom is whacking a couple of ordinary stones together over a pile of sticks and then gives up and uses a little magic spell to set fire, to start a campfire, uh, which Aragon overhears and isn't really question it that much. No. Like, oh, what was that? What was that? Like, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Have I told you about the dragon rider? Yeah. <laughs> Brushes him off, but that becomes yeah, important. The man who, I was going to say, should be teaching him all this stuff. But to be fair, in the book is teaching him all this stuff, isn't just going, no, my magic mind, stay away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, there's no there's no teaching and learning because Aragorn, whilst he's been fanny around getting his fortune told, the Urukai have shown up and now they've got to escape the swamp village. And it looks like they may be defeated and then Aragorn fires his magic fire arrow. Because he sort of heard Brom mumble a spell once and then now he knows magic. He heard him mumble the spell and he intuited, he figured out how to do every aspect of the magic. But all he saw was Brom, you know, hunch over a campfire, say this word, Brizengir, and then the fire started. So presumably you're holding a bow and arrow. You're just going to set your bow on fire. (laughs) What did you hope would happen? And then he faints. And like a yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Shits himself passes out. <laughs> this sort of sets up here that magic is supposed to have a cost, like he said earlier, Sam, where there's a transference of some kind. But this is the last time that's important. Everybody can use spells yeah. however they yeah. like from now on without well, there being a cost. Magic always has a cost unless you're the bad guy who can apparently just do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> yeah. Just seems to yeah. be the way. I nearly die if I make an arrow set on fire, but this guy can just make tap a people dragon. on the head and kill them and make a dragon. <laughs> make yeah. a dragon. Why not? So yeah, they manage to escape. Aragon has fainted. Sephira swoops down, picks him up, and they head off. And then Brom is explaining that magic is... It comes from dragons. It It flows through you and through all living things. <laughs> and we've seen this movie before, right? Uh, but you perform magic by knowing the elvish words for things so you can control anything by knowing its elvish name so shit must just go off whenever the elvish are having a chat (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right gotta be very careful how they talk but so Bron tells him that uh, he tells him that yeah the word is the thing it's intrinsically linked and you call power by saying that word. So, prison gear, the word fire, that sets fire to shit. Then, Aragon's response to this is he kind of walks around and goes, What's that? What's this? What's tree? What's stick? <laughs> sort of, what does sort that of mean? Like, sort of like the fifth element when she's alive for the first day ever. Like, oh, tree. I've never seen tree before. <laughs> yeah, he is thrilled. What's tree? He's so happy. 
And he gets like five or six words. And those are the only magic words that he uses for the rest of the film. So this, again, is the extent of his magic training. Yeah, that's my repertoire him. He tells him, this is very complex. Yeah, that's tree, that's branch. This is very complex, don't use it. And then that's that's that. Because <laughs> he does use branch later, doesn't he? <laughs> but yeah, so it turns out while Aragorn was out not buying bread, Brom had bought him a dragon rider's saddle so that he can ride Saphira properly. And so they end up just, they're up in the sky, whizzing in and around all the green screens, lots of motion blur, and then the Rezek are back, and they're going to, I know, I've written it right, the Rezek are back and they attack Brom, that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see here that um, Aragon can see through, like, he can use dragon eyes, and they have, like, a nice little zoom power, and they can also see, like, yeah. heat vision, because that's how he spots the... The Razaks? Dragons have also got X-ray and zoom. Yeah. So they've got fucking heat vision. Are they blind whilst they're doing fire? Just wildly aiming it anyway. It's <laughs> a good question. But I'm sure there'll be no cost or consequences. Did you know they used to be dragon riders? <laughs> <laughs> That's what fucking Brom is trying to tell the Razak. <laughs> they used to be dragon riders. They, they, they all crashed. They didn't know where they were going. <laughs> <laughs> so the Razak show up they attack Aragorn defends himself with the word for tree or branch and apparently that is enough for yeah. the tree to know to attack this and hang as far as I can tell by the neck this tree. Razak he shouts he shouts branch and the tree is like I got you yeah go on there <laughs> whips this hawk <laughs> around the neck and strings him up and then the camera cuts just before Logan Paul shows up <laughs> Brilliant. Dark. So yeah, uh, they win, but Brom's now pissed at Evan. Evan? Brom's now pissed at Aragon. <laughs> I do not want that line drawn between me and him. I'm not the smartest guy in this podcast. What's tree? <laughs> Brom is now pissed at Aragon because he risks Zephyr's life in fighting the Rezek. And this is where we find out that Brom was a dragon rider, but his dragon's now dead. It was killed by... Oh, so many names. Morgoth. Fuck it. It was killed by some yeah, dude called like Morgoth. And so Brom killed him back, which killed Morgoth's dragon, and now there are no more dragons. And Brom hates himself. And now it's only the story. <laughs> now he, now he, can, he just has to go around telling everyone there were dragons. That's his punishment for ending <laughs> My bad. The dragon riders. <laughs> I'll make sure no one forgets. And now Durza is pissed off. His Urukai have failed to capture Aragorn. His Razak have failed to capture Aragorn. And so he you force finger points the lead Uruk to death and then congratulates one of the other Uruk on their new promotion. You know, like, like Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> and then he uses this... Uh, Imag- he uses some strange dark magic to trick Aragorn into coming to him by sending a message through his prisoner, Arya. Someone who he also doesn't know, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. What was the point of that? <laughs> well, she's, she's, she's attractive. Random bitch who shows up in his dreams. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that fortune teller so, did say there'd be a woman. In the message, she says that you're the only one who can help me. 
you know, like in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I love how Durzo will literally do anything but do this job himself. The king asked him to hunt down Aragorn, and so far he sent two different people. Yeah, yeah and, and he can teleport. This would be a two-minute <laughs> job for him. You know where he is. You can teleport. There's oh, some dragons and shit. And, by the way, you can't die. <laughs> But if I go there, the old man's going to start telling me about the dragon rider. I can't do it. <laughs> He's like the bloody Mormons knocking at your door. <laughs> do you have five minutes to talk about our lord and saviour dragon riders? <laughs> <laughs> so Aragorn wants to go and rescue Arya. Brom says he shouldn't, but Aragorn goes anyway. Sneaks into Gilead whilst being followed by a man who's randomly dressed as one of the elves from Helm's Deep. I don't think I caught that it was called Gilead. Yeah, that's from oh, uh, yeah, the Dark Tower. But they made sure to put an apostrophe in, so it's a completely different name. Gil-Iad. Ah, uh, right. Is that from uh, something other than the Gunslinger? Or, oh. uh, or Dark Tower? I'm not I sure. don't know if that's a reference to something else. That's where I know it from. It's definitely not only from this. I know that. Yeah. yeah. Nothing in this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, he rushes into Arya's cell. I'm Aragon Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. But it turns out it was a trap. Durs is there waiting. And he's surprised by by how unimpressive Aragon is. We get this a few times. You're very unimpressive, aren't you? Perhaps he thought he was a little too short to be a stormtrooper. Nice. <laughs> very good. You know, like in Star Wars. Uh, Aragon, I mean, putting aside the fact that he single-handedly stormed this castle snuck in on his own with zero training he is still for all intents and purposes uh i don't agree with that he he had that fight he lost that fight (laughs) sorry enough he had he had that fight where he tripped and stood in the stream he gets in (laughs) he uses his dragon's heat vision to see through the walls and he sees aria in her room writhing and moaning oh she is we friggin a self-sense she's just lying down right She's, I mean, yeah, what I wrote down is he he walks around, he sees her rubbing one out, <laughs> yeah. and he decides to head in. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty I mean, she's certain. she's just lying there. I'm pretty certain that's what was happening on that bit of video, yeah. It's very strange. She's not being tortured or anything. She's just... <laughs> just spending the time. Yeah, you've got to pass the time somehow, haven't you? Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying, yeah. When you're in prison, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. With no guards around. She's got a privacy. She thought. Fucking dragon eyes <laughs> yeah. through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, big magic, I say big magic fight. They throw things at each other with magic. A bit like the second Star Wars movie, actually, now that I think about it, but never mind. And <laughs> the then. Bad guy, the bad guy throws a couple of, like, spears at Aragon, and his response is to shout the word for fire again. Well, there were no trees. <laughs> the last time you did that. <laughs> Shit exploded. And you fainted. Uh, and you fainted. And that was like ten minutes ago. How is that a good idea? Yeah. So yeah, the it looks like Aragon's gonna lose. He's weakening by setting everything on fire. And then despite the fact that when he and Safira decided to set off to go and rescue Arya, they flew away seemingly many miles. Brom's here now, even though they left him behind, just in time to step in front of a flying spear, and Brom's been got. 
Oh no, what will we do without Brom? <laughs> He's yeah. taught me so much. <laughs> like how the dragon rises used like to serve and protect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brom's been speared and then Aragorn shoots Durza in the forehead with a an arrow. And he then he teleports away. Yeah, why? I, Why teleport away? Yeah. He's fine. The only point of this is so we think he's dead. But he was smiling he when he left. He could have just won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, ha, got ya. And now because we've lost a character, one's dying and the enemy's gone off, now the movie randomly chucks in the son of yeah. Morgoth. What, so yeah, Sephira out of nowhere. crashed through the roof. And we, we hear that TIE fighter again, but we don't see it. <laughs> and then Aragorn... Arya and Brom flee. And yeah, it turns out this mystery guy's on their side, but we don't really know who he is yet. But weirdly, as they're fleeing Gilead, Aragorn's saying to Sephira, you need to fly higher, there are archers on the roof. And she's saying, I can't do that while there are three people on my back. And then it just doesn't matter. They're just then on the ground. They've landed and they're (laughs) taking care of Brom. It was completely irrelevant. Yep, this movie loves to set up some sort of stake with a cost and then just completely ignore the cost. <laughs> oh, that could have been bad. Lucky <laughs> it wasn't. So yeah, they've faced off with Durza in his big grey oh, stronghold. Aragorn's succeeded in rescuing the princess. Obi-Brom Kenobi is now dead. <laughs> and they're going to head to join the rebellion. But before <sighs> all that... Before he dies, Brom tells Aragorn that Durza is not dead because you shot him in the head and you can only kill him by piercing his heart. And also, did you know there were dragon riders? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Aragorn wants to muffle the sound of the the (laughs) dragon rider tail, so he buries him under about two tons of stone. And then, even though Saphira... There's a whole point of contention here is that she can't breathe fire yet. Because even though she is fully grown, she just can't breathe fire yet because the plot doesn't need her to. But what she apparently can do is like who out some breath <laughs> enough to turn all these rocks into fucking diamonds. Yeah. That's like surely that would have that's been useful. That's hotter at than point. fire, I think. That's really hot. <laughs> 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 so yeah, Brom's in his big diamond casket, and Aragorn, Arya, Sephira are now going to head for the Varden. When suddenly Arya is now definitely not been stag- stabbed by a Morgul blade. <laughs> yeah. And now they've got to get her to the Varden quickly, or she'll die. Aragorn, Aragorn doesn't know where it is, so he asks her to show him the way, and so she places a hand on his head. And shows him the way to the Varden. And then our mystery guy from earlier shows up. It turns out he is Murtag. And they need him. Because only he knows the way to the Varden. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice that. No, I I just skipped over that. At this point in the film, I was just accepting what was happening. Yeah, Yeah, there's been too much and you just let it roll over you. Never. I'll pick apart everything. So yeah, there's now more horse riding as they head into the mountains. 
and so they they arrive at the correct location. They're being produ- they're being pursued by Urukai, and just like every good gamer ever, they know you've got to check behind the waterfalls. So that's what they do <laughs> yeah. in the water, and it turns out the Varden's secret encampment hidden behind a tiny waterfall, and they meet the Varden leader Adjihad, and I'm sure he'll matter a lot to the rest of this plot. <laughs> Absolutely. We see, like, of, of the Varden, this legendary resistance group, we see, like, seven or eight guys. Is it a resistance if here. you've just fucked off? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> you're just in hiding. Yeah. <laughs> it's what you're resisting. The yeah. king's not trying to kill you anymore. What are you resisting? You're just a village somewhere. Well, that's what they basically are, but we don't even get to see that. This is something that's been built up for admittedly a short film but um it's been built up as this group of rebels and we see them from afar they've got a bit of a village set up but that's the extent of it yeah they're just it's just waiting a few guys yeah. i mean you say they don't even do anything you say that but so far what we've seen of this super powerful king's army is a bunch of filthy fat bastards in rags <laughs> who have, can't shave properly just look absolutely yeah. stinking and useless. Most of them have got fucking sticks and clubs. The stakes are low. And then we get to the Varden, and they're all dressed purely in gold. <laughs> all their armor is gold. <laughs> he goes into the village and all the market, they're all just trading jewels and gold. This does not seem like the lowly resistance versus the powerful kingdom. They're minted. No wonder they're no. not really resisting. What? <laughs> what we're seeing here is like, what is it, the Cayman Islands? This is the tax haven that all <laughs> to, to hide away from the king and his taxes. That's why we think he's evil. So yeah, Durza and his... <laughs> Every time I say that, Ev, you're going to have to get so over it. We're nearly done. Durza has been sent by Galbatorix, who's now very pissed off, to go and defeat the Varden. And he arrives with his big green screen army <laughs> it is bad but yeah he stands over it stands over them Daza has transformed uh, yeah he's a different dude transformed now transformed from, from worm tongue to Palpatine yeah. <laughs> but he's shouting to them how they now need to annihilate the resistance but then very very quietly almost to himself says but the boy is mine yeah, <laughs> they, must, because... they must be down there going. What? What was? What was that last bit? So it's kill everyone. Yeah, yeah. But the boy, not the boy. It's because he doesn't want to do it himself. He's gone out That's of his true. way to get other people to do his jobs. All that is is Philip ticking the box so he can tell the king that he told them he was gonna kill the boy. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 mix of the king's army and the stinking fat urgles are outside, and so the Vardom prepare, and they're all in their shiny gold armour. They've made Aragon some very sick gold armour. Sephira's now got very sick dragon armour, which isn't gold, which is a bit rude. And they they look far better than the people that apparently are oppressing them. (laughs) This is a, um, I mean, it's a minor point, it's a pedantic point. But when they're talking about how the uh, the smiths stayed up all night to make some dragon armor, they show her helmet, which is completely different from the one that she wears. 
It's like, why were you making multiple sets? <laughs> you didn't need to stay up all night. Just do the one. The Smith didn't talk to the CGI guy, and now <laughs> yeah. it's all a mess. So yeah, now our our battle starts, and the scruffy band of Urukai smash through the walls. But as far as I can tell, they still just got sticks and clubs. But there's a massive explosion as they burst through this wall. I don't know where their siege weaponry's gone. It must be that TIE fighter we keep hearing. And Eric and Sephira... Why did the dragon turn the wall to diamond and just keep them out? It can do that. We've just seen. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> oh, you've ruined the oh, movie the bad now. guy at the end. Yeah, they can... oh, well, Thanks. That's actually quite an accolade if I was the one to ruin this movie because it really fucking tried hard to do that itself. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, this is all, the battle kicks off and then Aragon and Sephira go to join the battle and I think we have the worst line in the entire movie which is saying something. Which is Aragon to Sephira saying, Into the sky to win or die. It's like a Jumanji rhyme. Like- yeah, <laughs> it is. Exactly yeah, it's not good. I had to take one of my uh, thirty-minute breaks again after that one yeah. before starting up. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, there's a couple like that at the end Ooh, here. Like, is that in the book? That can't be in the book. It can't be in the book. It's just—it's so low effort. <laughs> Things seem to be going well for the Vard, and they're defeating the fat, greasy cavemen with their clubs. Because they've got metal armor and really swords. They don't need to do much, do really. they? <laughs> but then they don't—they don't need to do that much in the battle because it's—it was kind of reminiscent of um, the last series of Game of Thrones, where where uh, Daenerys rides in and just defeats an entire army with her dragon. Because well, yeah. Sephira flies down and just fucking annihilates Melts them all. entire like battalion. Well, yeah, this is as with a single breath as the king's actual army shows up and Durza seems very proud of himself and then seems to have forgotten they're fire they're not fireproof and they <laughs> yeah. all just get instantly yeah. annihilated as they all march down in a line <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so now Durza is pissed and after a very long time decides you know what I should probably just give this one a go everyone else has <laughs> failed and to be fair he did ask me and so he dark magics together from the fire and smoke from Sephira Sof- killing all those people a big, black, smoky... I've called it Puff the Magic Dragon, which I think oh. is fair. <laughs> That's good. A big black dragon That's made good. of smoke. And so, yeah, he is now on the back of that. Aragorn's on the back of Sephira. And they're having a fight in the sky, and Sephira gets severely injured. I mean, we don't have to go into huge detail, do we? No, no. The film Absolutely doesn't. Not. Aragorn manages to stab... Durza in the heart. Durza dies. Puff the magic dragon disappears. And then Aragorn and Sephira crash into the ground. Aragorn tries to heal her, but he thinks he's too late. And then he falls unconscious again. Because that's what he likes to do. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all just kind of post-battle wrap-up stuff there. The only intro. It's a bit of bullshit now, isn't it? Bit he of bullshit. Ar- dragon, Aragorn wakes up. But... Murtag makes him think his dragon died for a second, just for a laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> randomly. And then it's mainly just they start setting up the second movie. 
Yes, can't wait for that. Yeah, that'll be and good. And then the final the final scene is back to John Malkovich, who's angry, justifiably, and he spins around, he slashes apart a big map he's got behind him, and it turns out he was hiding his dragon behind there. So that is now two of the main antagonists who had dragons <laughs> at didn't their disposal <laughs> for the entire film and decided instead to send little dumpy guys with sticks <laughs> to kill another dragon. Surely you got to blame yourself. Yeah. When you're sending guys whose weapons are made of wood to fight a creature <laughs> that breathes fire. It's your yeah. fault, really. You've both got dragons. Yeah. So yeah, that was the movie. The end. Uh, well, we the specifically don't have bad reviews this week because everybody hates this movie, uh, quite rightly, and they're not funny yeah. so much so as they are just people berating this. And you can see and, why. It is And the only the the only bit of trivia is something that I've already shared with you boys. Uh, but for the you know, for the benefit of the pod. Um, just a little note that the budget of this film was higher, seven million US dollars higher than the Fellowship of the Ring. Insane. Insane. Just leave it at that. I mean, it's not even close in terms of quality. The dragon looks good. Uh, but actually, let's save this for now. Let's, let's bloody do a question, Charlie. Carl, because I'd like to hear you defend yourself. Carl! Carl! <laughs> So you think you think that, that was, was good? good do you? you? <laughs> Don't know what that was. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think I forgot the name of this podcast when I picked it because I just wanted to review that shit movie I didn't like sixteen, seventeen years ago. <laughs> Mainly because I remembered the books being good and how not. heartbreaking this movie was. No, I mean, I would never go back. To the books either. I'm pretty certain if I went back I would realise they they're good because I liked Star Wars <laughs> and I just got to read Star Wars again again um, but yeah no, terrible film and I'm glad I subjected it to, you to it Evan, I didn't know you'd never read the books, I just assumed you would have done. Yeah I have nothing to compare it to so I was hoping that I had seen this before, though, this movie, uh, and I don't remember thinking it was that bad. I think it was just something that came out and I ingested and that was it. One thing I will say is it's bad, but I don't think it's, even though it's 17 years old, I don't think it's any worse than some of the stuff that comes out now, like Wheel of Time on Amazon or Willow on Disney+. Plus. Lord of the Rings, it's... Rings of Power. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... So, I mean, my issue with this, mainly, is that it is so um, unremarkable. Yes. It's not bad, it's just incredibly safe. Probably not good and for a podcast where you need to remark on a movie, is it unremarkable? <laughs> it's terrible. It's, yeah, no. Awful choice for a podcast where we're meant to remark on it. The um, Obviously, like we've said, it's it's just Lord of the Rings with like hints of Star Wars, it proves that if you plagiarise enough things, you can't get got for oh. any individual plagiarism because you've taken it from different sources. I think it's proof that if you wait long enough, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien's dead, Star Wars, sure. I mean, 
George isn't going to care, is he? He's a billionaire. He's not going out there suing 15-year-old boys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's the other thing. that The criticism, the reason that we both hated this when it came out, when we both went to see it when it came out, not together, individually, uh, is because it was so, it was not faithful to the book. But I don't think that the fault of the film is that it wasn't faithful to the book. I think the book only found fame because it was a very generic, accessible fantasy book at a time when that was just kind of opportunistically, you know, at its peak. Yeah. This is People our, discovering shit like this. Yeah, this book was our generation's Twilight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and if, you know, if they'd made the film more uh, true to the book, Jesus Christ, it would have been boring. It would have been six hours long, and it would have been similar to this, except with a lot more walking <laughs> and a lot more stick fighting. There's already oh, so yeah. much of that. <laughs> so you're um, saying that it'd be so... a terrible idea if they made a Disney Plus series on it, Sam? <laughs> Oh well, thank God nobody would ever do that. I will not be coming. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, I I agree with your sentiment, Sam. Um, it wasn't necessarily bad. It was just egregiously boring. Um, it's one you just ploughed through, and then that was it. I, I'm not going to remember any of the film tomorrow, and that that's all really I have to say. I will never watch it again. I don't recommend other people watch it. <laughs> that is it. I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just nothing of note. Uh, you can't say any more than that about it because it leaves you nothing to note. This is the most nothing film. Yeah. Not just the most nothing film we've covered, but possibly the most nothing film I've seen for ever a decade. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the most nothing film I've seen since. I saw this film when it came out. (laughs) (laughs) Did you boys know there used to be Dragon Riders? (laughs) I did enjoy his performance. I must say Jeremy Irons played Bronn very well. Well, He was Uh, wasted on this. (laughs) Oh, I thought you meant he was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) He was wasted the whole time. I wouldn't blame him at all. No. No. Well, is that everything, boys? It's everything. Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, boys, for joining me. Please leave us a five-star review and follow us over at So You Think Pod on Twitter. Join us again next week when we'll have watched Kangaroo Jack. I can't remember what year it is right now, but uh, I'm hoping it is just has some more content than this movie did. Uh, until then, Cole's sorry. Did you know there used to be kangaroo riders in Australia? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>